Hello, this is Nancy Ray, your host for the Rebel Haven podcast, a show designed to inspire, educate, and empower our community of entrepreneurs that think differently. For as in the words of the great and late Steve Jobs, the ones who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones that do. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. I have a dream that one day, it's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Welcome, my fellow rebels. This is your host, Nancy Ray. And today I have joining me for a very exciting segment talking about some really cool, juicy, important things. I have Miss Jackie Lane. She is a women's empowerment mentor. She works primarily with helping women activate into their full ownership of that queenly space where they are receiving the pleasure and the prosperity they really want. She does specialize in working with balancing the masculine and feminine energy dynamics so that women can have a whole new experience with men, money, and pleasure. This is Miss Jackie Lane out of the UK. Welcome. Thank you, Nancy. It's so good to be here. I feel so blessed to be here with you today. Yeah, thank you. I love that intro. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the reasons why I invited Jackie to be here on the Rebel Haven podcast is because she's definitely approaching the world of relationship and money from a very inside outside healing approach and she has she shares some of the most interesting intriguing things online about healing with your yoni your relationship with your sexuality and it's so inspiring and very cutting edge to really living a conscious awakened life and that's why I have her here so Jackie for your first question I'd love to know how did you get into coaching this very unique niche area for women so yeah this is I'm, I am laughing a bit because this is so complex and it's the story of my whole life <laughs> it's like my life story um so I do want to condense it down a bit but basically I was a stripper and I took drugs every single day for about six years of my life and in that time I saw the dark side of men of money and sexuality um I'm not saying it's like that for every woman who's a stripper but it was for me like what I experienced was debauchery and hedonism but like the dark side of that and I became really really sick and I had lots of female reproductive issues funnily enough (laughs) and I know it's because I was doing something I didn't want to be doing with that aspect of my body Um, and to me it wasn't in alignment with my values and morals in life um and so I was actually diagnosed with stage four precancerous cells on my cervix and I had endometriosis I had extreme PMS um I was a complete mess <laughs> not to mention some really nasty like STD in all honesty I became very very sick And so I went 
on a journey into self-healing. It was kind of a wake-up call for me. And I ended up traveling to Thailand. And while I was there, like the first couple of months I was there, I carried on just taking drugs, getting drunk, being promiscuous, just everything I'd always known. And it was only in the last 10 days of my three-month stay that I enrolled in a yoga course, like a 10-day yoga course, and I went cold turkey. And it was during that yoga course that I experienced a spiritual awakening, which I call remembering because it was a remembering for me. Um, and I had all these visions of becoming like a, like medicine women and healers and the healing arts and plant medicine and all kinds of stuff. And um, so when I got back from Thailand, I was still dancing, I was still stripping, um, but I enrolled in the College of Naturopathic Medicine in London. And I studied there for five years you know, like anatomy, physiology, pathophysiology, biochemistry, phytotherapy, all of that. And I became a certified herbalist and naturopath. Alongside that, I was learning energy healing and like the healing arts. And I got really into Tantra as well. And somewhere along the way, I met my divine love, Rory, my partner. And, um, I basically just turned my life around and through being a herbalist for a couple of years, I realized that I knew nothing about business. I knew nothing about like a sustainable way to run a business. And I was literally charging like 20 pounds for like a one hour session, trying to cram everything in for that one hour. And then you know, people wouldn't come back for their follow-ups. They didn't have, like, devoted clients. And people were coming to try and, like, wanting me to fix them. And it was just completely draining and unsustainable. And so that's when I kind of got into the world of wealth consciousness. And I realized, oh, my gosh, I have a really fucked-up relationship with money. Um, and, yeah, so I healed my own relationship with money and um my relationship with my partner as well my own sexuality and it was like along the way I realized that um I was sexually abused as a child as well like I finally acknowledged that within myself and so um yeah so I've been on a journey from like the dark shadow aspect into empowerment and like embodiment of bliss and joy with these areas of life and so now I teach other women how to do the same I love that that's so beautiful and I love hearing as you're telling your story how it in retrospect as I listen to it all the pieces come to together and make so much sense for what you're doing now. <laughs> but sometimes yeah. I feel like at the time in our life when we're doing those things and we're going through the things, it's so hard to see that this picture is going to come together, that it's going to make sense yeah. and that there's a purpose. So I love hearing that, how all the different little pieces come together and give you so much experience and foundation and 
the word credibility is coming to mind, but not necessarily that, but just to be able to act to really serve these women. Um, because I can imagine with all the different things that you attracted and manifested in your body and your career and the drugs, the, the level of shame and the level of like shadow, this is one of the things I see for me. I'd, I'd love to address this and ask you how you, how you see this working for you is the more I grow and the more I learn, the more I look back sometimes on things I did before or didn't, I didn't know better at the time. And I feel ashamed. Like I feel ashamed that I should have known better. I should have done better. Do you know what I'm saying? How do you, how do you address that in your work and with yourself? So with that, I feel that you need to have so much self-compassion and be your own best friend because, like, for me, I don't necessarily feel, like, regret and shame around who I was before because I have compassion that I was not as conscious then. And I feel like having that self-compassion is the key to releasing that shame and having understanding like there's reasons why we choose the things we choose and it's never just so black and white it's always complex and I feel if you can have understanding of that and also know that where you've been helps you to navigate where you want to be and who you're becoming and who you've been helps you to become who you want to be. And so if you can see it as a positive um, rather than something to kick yourself for, because you kicking yourself isn't going to change the past. It's only going to make you feel bad right now. And all we really have is this present moment. So if you can even celebrate who you've been Mm. and all the things you've done that maybe you wouldn't do now, like even celebrate who you've been and have total compassion and kindness for yourself and be your own cheerleader. So like that's the best way to navigate that. But it's not always easy. Like sometimes (laughs) there are, there are times where I'm like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) who was I? Like, who was I? Because like definitely feel like I'm a completely different person to who I was before. Like, if you met me before, you would not even, like, there's no, it's so different. So, but yeah, I feel self com- self-compassion is so important. We don't have enough of it. We're not kind enough to ourselves a lot of the time, mm. I feel. I agree with that. And that's something that I've always recognized about you. So I met Jackie in a coaching program, and I remember when I would share, anything I would share that was up for me or that I was dealing with, One of the first things I remember her saying before she would give whatever other advice or insight was just have some compassion for yourself. (laughs) And it was like, she always like the first step I felt really strongly coming from you is like wrap the whole situation with like love and acceptance. And then, and then we, and then we can talk about what to do from there. And this is interesting. This is coming up because I was talking with someone yesterday about addiction and I have this relative in my life that I love so much that has dealt with alcoholism his whole life. And he was even sober for five years and then just got, you know, slipped right back into the old pattern. And 
one of the main things I identified talking with this person was that he has these almost like anchors or like sand traps from his past about how he sees decisions he makes. And anytime something goes wrong or happens, he uses it as validation of like, yeah, because I screwed up back then. Like I'm not meant to be here. Like the career, it's a career choice. He wishes he would have gone on to college and, and pursued this scholarship and he didn't. And so it becomes this like, you know how we have those, this like black hole that he always comes back to feeling worthless. And yeah. I just, I really see that as driving so much of these, these addictive patterns, these addictive behaviors, whether it's like even an addictive way of thinking about yourself, even an, an addictive, a, being addicted to criticism or depression or anxiety, it's driven by an inability to somewhere in your journey accept something that you did or didn't do or that happened and actually do what you're saying, which is that wrapping of love and having compassion for why you chose what you chose and almost seeing it as perfection. Because if you hadn't have made the decisions you've made, you wouldn't be Jackie Lane that you are now. You wouldn't be touching these women. You wouldn't be sharing this message, which is so potent and powerful for me because you've been to places in your spiritual, emotional, energetic system, some dark, dark places that I've only ever glimpsed and you've been in the deep of it. And because of that, you have this increased capacity to serve these certain people, you know? Yeah, what you said is so true. And actually a lot of the time, People can use those addictive thought patterns and feeling spaces as self-punishment. Like that's certainly what I did. Um, and it's like, it's a scapegoat as well. It's a scapegoat. So it gives you an excuse to continue to abuse yourself. Um, that's how it was for me. Wow. So yeah. For our listeners here, I think they're really clear now <laughs> that like self-love being the key, having this compassion, what, what is like your go-to step one of how, how does someone develop some self-love or some self-compassion? Where do they even start if they have this pattern of punishing themselves, judging themselves, shaming themselves, loathing themselves? What, what, what can they do first? Yeah, so I mentioned something before about like being your own best friend. So I would always, in the beginning, like in the start of my journey, I would like question myself, like questioning yourself is a big part of this. And um, I would question and say like, what would I say to my best friend right now if they were going through this? Like, how would I behave and what would I say and how would I be towards a friend? And then I would journal about that or I'd think about that and then I would implement that with myself um and also like sometimes I would just this so this is the truth of what helped me out of addiction is that I would replace the negative behavior or thought with something positive so I would go and do something so nourishing for myself when I would have like cravings or and this is the same for addictive thought patterns as well um I would go and do the opposite like something so nourishing and so loving towards myself and just to kind of like stop that in its track and shift it and 
some people may say that's like avoidance or whatever, but I feel like some, it's like for me, it wasn't a distraction. It was like shifting the focus onto something more beneficial for myself. And it really helped me. There were times where I'd be climbing the freaking walls, wanting to like call a drug dealer. <laughs> and I would be like, no, I'm going to go and make a green juice and go for a walk and do some yoga. And I would shift, like replace the behavior with positive behavior and it's the same for thoughts so I would replace the thoughts I would journal a lot to be honest so like I would make counter thoughts so I would just because you have a thought doesn't mean that it's the truth and so often we believe so much in our thoughts that they feel so true that then it becomes our reality and so what I would do is make counter thoughts to what I would kind of like CBT like cognitive behavioral therapy type uh, thing that would really help me out of those spaces and um, yeah and just like I said just imagining that I am like what would I say to my best friend that really helped I love that that's a that's a really excellent journal prompt I have a sister who's my very best friend and when she calls me and she feels like she's being a bad mom or she's frustrated, my very first step is always compassion because I, I just love her so much and I think she's so great. And it's so interesting how we don't often have this pattern in place of doing the same for ourselves. So I love that, asking the question. And I, I'm seeing it now, like even in a journal, right? Like journaling out the problem, like I'm calling my best friend, like I'm calling my sister, right? Like I'm so frustrated with this, blah, 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 blah. And then responding more objectively as the best friend and truly what would I say? And like, there's, there's your answer. There's your like inner coach, your inner uh, guru yeah. share, sharing yeah. and loving you. And oh, I love that. I love, I love the counter thoughts. So one of the things I want to add is I've been noticing this last week that anytime I feel off, anytime I feel funky or like, just like my energy's dropping, I'll get really curious about it. And I've been finding that there's somewhere I'm believing something or thinking something that's maybe not conscious. And one of the most recent one was I was in a launch of something and I had a bunch of people replying and wanting more information. And it was like, in this moment, I started, started feeling down, which is like, what? I should like, I want to be excited in that moment, but I was feeling this drop of energy and I started asking questions like, and I realized I was believing more clients equal more work, equal okay. less freedom. So in that scenario, yeah. you could see how that the psychological tug of war would happen of wanting to bring in clients, but also resisting them at the same time. And I was able to do what you're saying, like the counter thought, like what's true? Well, actually, the true truth is the more clients I have, the more free I am right? The more, (laughs) the more resources I have to maybe delegate some of the doing that I'm not enjoying to, you know, an assistant or, or whatnot and shifting them in that moment, how that it's the moment by moment, little shifts. I want to say, Nancy, that's so funny you mentioned that because I had a capacity block like that. I've recently moved through really similar thing. And since I like, this is how I know everything's just energy everything's the law of attraction and it's working even on a subconscious level as well because as soon as I shifted into the perspective of like the you know the more clients I have the more freedom I have um I went from like I've 
I've just maxed out my friends on Facebook. I'm nearly at 5,000 and I was on, I think like 2,500 and it's just been over the past few months. It's just gone push like this. I was like, okay, I've shifted that capacity block clearly. <laughs> so yeah, I totally appreciate what you're saying there. And, and that's the thing is like, it's it, what you just said about becoming curious because a lot of people will operate in the fear space they're like fearful of their feelings, but it's like, no, become curious and be the observer. And, and then it's like, you then don't become like, you don't then become the emotion. It's like, you can see it, you can question it and inquire around it. Like that is so key. And a lot of the time I think, um, people will judge the way they're feeling. They'll feel bad about it yes. rather than, questioning it and being curious like for me I'm always like I actually can feel quite excited when something seemingly quote-unquote negative is happening or is surfacing for me I'm like "Mm, what, what does this mean and how can I shift it and it's just an opportunity for growth so yeah Yes, exactly. And this is, I love this so much. I just want to like add to what you're saying is in in the world of law of attraction and, and all of these high vibe things, we can think like, there's almost this judgment that like happy emotions are better than low emotions almost. Mm -hmm. And if you're not happy all the time and something's wrong or you're not doing it right or you're broken or whatever. Right. And it's, it's a very big lie that's happening right now because our emotions are sort of like a compass, right? It's like, am I fully aligned with what I'm wanting? And if you're feeling off, that's good. That means your compass is working. It's like, oh, somewhere I'm believing something or I'm thinking something or I'm doing something that's not not aligned to the truth of what I'm wanting to manifest. And if you will do that, you can. You start reframing it to be like, oh, okay, good. Because I'm wanting to remove anything between me and what I'm wanting, anything that's creating resistance, anything that's blocking it from coming to me quicker, faster, with more flow, more fun, more ease. And you can identify them by following the little breadcrumb trail of your emotions and being like, okay, I'm so excited this is here. Let's shift the belief or the thought and let's realign to that yummy place. And when we do that, we don't become scared of our low vibe. We don't become like critical of it, judgmental yeah. of it. And instead we harness it and it becomes the fuel to getting to what, to aligning and bringing yeah. the, what we want into us faster. I love that. Yeah. And also I just want to add, like I've received like premium clients and all sorts of things, even when I have been low vibe, even when I have had fears, even when I've had loads of doubt, it's like, as long as for me, it's like, as long as the, that I'm in the space of possibility and that I allow myself to like get into the feeling space of already having what I want, like on a regular basis. It's like, uh, to me, a two minute of being in the feeling space of my future vision and allowing it to become an experience and sensation within my body is worth more than the rest of the day feeling crap. If there's a day where I'm not feeling as great, you know, because it's so powerful. And so I do just want to say, like, if anybody is feeling like fearful or doubtful, you will, you can still receive even when you're in those spaces. Yes, absolutely. And I love to use the analogy of, they talk about in the Bible, right? Having the faith of a mustard seed, 
Like yes. that, that small little glimmer of faith and hope is powerful enough. And I, I talked about this. So last year when my grand passed away, I was really, really sad and really, really hard. And I was still manifesting. And that goes directly against the belief that like you have to be happy and high vibe to manifest. That's not true because if I was aligned, so in the, in the, like the week of her funeral, I think I manifested like $20,000. And during that week, the truth is if I was operating in the energy as if I'd already had it, right? If I had already had the 20 grand, I would still give myself space and time to mourn and be present, right? Just because someone has wealth and abundance doesn't mean they don't experience doubt or insecurity or fear. They still do. They actually often give themselves even more space to fill those things because they have the income coming in to support them taking the day to cry or taking the day yeah. to do whatever it is they need to do for self-care or whatnot. And yeah, it's one of the biggest lies out there that you have to be happy to manifest. You have to be like ironclad, unshakable certainty that it's <laughs> happening. No, it's that... It's just having the faith and trusting even in the face of the fear and the doubt. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. So good. So my final question for you, Jackie, is if you had one parting thought or a piece of advice to share with our audience, what would that be? Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Let me fill in for a sec. The thing I want to say is that you are worthy. Um, and yeah, there's, there's, there's so many things I could say right now. <laughs> Just one thing. Okay, hold on. Let me feel into this more. Yeah, just, okay, you are worthy and don't settle. Don't settle and trust your desires and just keep following your dream because your desires are there for a reason. And if you have desire, then you're already qualified and you're already worthy and it already exists. It's already happening. And yeah, that's just what wanted to come through. Yes. Thank you so much for being here today, Jackie. I just want to say that your story is so inspiring and there are so many people that look at the current condition of their life, maybe that they're dealing with disease or sickness, or maybe they're dealing with, you know, unhealthy patterns with attracting the wrong relationship or they're struggling so hard with money and they can look at the conditions of their current reality and look at their past and feel so hopeless, so stuck. And even, even addicts, I hear this a lot among addicts that it's like, well, this is just who I am. I'm broken. Like this is just, I'm going to be battling this my whole life. And as I hear and feel into your story, it is so inspiring that you had a past and a current reality that were not yummy, not healthy for you mentally, emotionally, physically. And you continue to believe and take those steps towards the life you really wanted. And here you are living it, right? You're, you're working basically location free. You're getting ready to travel to Thailand. You're touching these amazing beings life. You have access to the internet where you're touching people. I mean, I'm all the way here in Idaho and we're connected and seeing your posts is inspiring and uplifting to me. And I just want to say to our listeners that 
no matter where you're at right now in your experience in your life, your business, relationships, health, your addictions to either substances or your own thoughts, you can absolutely change your life. It does not have to be the end of your story. Healing and joy and love and abundance are there for you and they're absolutely possible.